And I think for me, primarily too, it always just goes back to quality, like the the quality work that you can do. So one of the things I learned from Jerisha is that there's a difference between teaching and consulting and consulting and coaching. So it's like I very soon realized that I'm repeating myself all the time. Like when I'm talking to different clients, I'm like, I'm teaching each person this one-on-one, but really what I need to be doing is like consulting with them on their own profile in terms of what's the best strategy that they can use and then coaching them. Great day, great day. You are listening to the Jerisha Said Podcast. Episode 95. Having the courage to start your own business and actually sell your consulting services online can be tough. Look, it may not be easy, but it can be simple. In each episode, we take a deep dive into one core growth strategy so you can gain a solid understanding of what's required to serve your clients, sell your services, and scale your consulting business online. All you have to do is listen to what Jerisha said. So if you are ready for a transparent, I'm talking all the way real, edge snatching strategies, grab your castor oil and keep listening. I am your host, former engineer turned online high ticket sales coach, Jerisha Hawk. You probably chose to tune in today because you have a burning desire. You have had this idea of starting a coaching business and creating consistent revenue, but there's a gap. Something's missing. You are ready to raise your rates, but you lack the confidence with being able to attract an audience of high-end clients and sell them on your offer. That's why this episode today is brought to you by my signature program, Newly Enhanced Services That Sell. If you've been thinking about turning the skills that you currently have into a high-ticket, four-figure service that you can sell consistently, I encourage you to sign up for my free crash course training at jerishahawk.com backslash raise your rates. I'll make sure that you know everything that you need to not just deliver your services and help your clients get amazing results, but how to actually attract those types of clients and sell them consistently using very simple foundational sales strategies. This method has been developed specifically for those who don't have a large audience and who don't want to spend thousands of dollars trying to get complicated funnels to actually work. This is your time to gain the clarity that you crave to confidently sell your services online. Do not waste another minute. Visit jerishahawk.com backslash raise your rates today. Register for the next training and finally get an efficient plan that you can follow and implement so you can start selling your services. Visit jerishahawk.com backslash raise your rates now. Hey, hey. So today's guest is somebody who I've been able to work with over the past year and a half, maybe two years, and really support her in being able to see this exponential growth that she's been having in her business, also how that's been impacting her personal life. So today's guest is Shauna K. Lester. And since 2013, she has helped ambitious young physicians who studied in a medical school outside of the United States get into medical residency programs in the U.S. She has helped over hundreds, over 400 ambitious college and graduate applicants around the globe when more than $6 million in U.S. scholarships to some of the world's top institutions, including Harvard University, the University of Toronto, and the University of Oxford. Shanake holds a bachelor's degree in biochemistry and Spanish from Bates College. She completed a master of public health 
as well as a Master of Science in Journalism, both from Columbia University in New York. Her credentials are stacked. But the thing that I love about Shauna Kay has been how she's been able to really hone in on what skills are most profitable for her when it comes to growing out her business. In this episode, you know, she's been inside of services that sell. She's a current client in our program, Leverage. She's on the path right now of taking her one-on-one services, really packaging that into a leveraged group offer that doesn't die, that allows her to serve more clients without diluting her client experience. So if you want to hear about how Shauna Kay has been able to really master the art of high-end sales, help her students get amazing results, and also how she's juggling making more money and managing that money and how that's impacting her household, you're going to want to listen to this episode. It really allows you to see the multi, multi-dynamic aspect of what it really means to be a CEO. And we're going to talk about all of that in today's episode. So keep listening. As always, before we get into today's episode, I want to make sure that I take a moment to thank you. Thank you for showing up today, for tuning into this episode, for subscribing to my channel, and for downloading today's episode. It means the world to me. Honestly, the more that you subscribe, download, and share my episodes, the more content that we're able to create for you. So I want to take a moment to give a listener shout out. And this one goes to Fairy Godmother. Okay, honey, let's go. She said, this podcast is transparent. I've been a part of the hashtag Jerisha Said community for a couple years, but today I subscribed to the podcast and felt like every topic, guest, and every topic and guest spoke directly to me. I appreciate the transparency, humbleness, and honesty from everyone. The podcast is super encouraging and funny. The push I needed. Fairy Godmother, thank you so much for being rocking with the crew for a couple of years. And I really appreciate you taking the time to leave your honest review. So if you want to be transparent, honest, and all the way real, I invite you to go leave a review over on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Just take a moment and subscribe, leave a review. It would mean the world to me. And I might just give you a shout out on a future episode. Let's get on into today's topic. Y'all, Shauna Kay. Shauna Kay is on the podcast today. I'm so excited that you are here. Uh, I think last time we tried to record this, I locked myself out of my house. That's right. We're good to go now. So thanks yes. for coming on. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks for having me, Jerisha. Yes. So in your words, I would love for you just to tell our listeners what your signature service is and you know what problem you help your clients solve. Sure. So I work with individuals who attended medical school outside of the United States, but they want to complete their residency training, which is the training that they do at the end of medical school. They want to do that in the United States. So the problem that I help them solve is that I help them create applications that stand out so that they can get into residency or they call it matching. So, so that they can match and of course go on to have the medical career that they want and, you know, not the medical career that they settled for. Mm, And I know you've been doing some amazing work in that space. So I can't wait to talk about how your business has grown. But I think we started working together, what, maybe two years ago? Perhaps. Somewhere, (laughs) something along that ballpark, two to two and a half years ago, something like that. And I know you've been working on growing this business for, has it been since 2007? No, well, yeah, I used to do it part-time since then, but I've been full-time since the beginning of 2016. Okay, so full-time since 2016. And I'm just curious to know, or can we even go all the way back to like from when you were part-time in 07 to doing full-time in 16? Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's like a, almost a 10-year span before you decided mm-hmm. to go all in on this. Like what were some of the things that you were, I guess, like juggling 
back in like your OG days and what was the <laughs> decision maker for you to say, okay, I'm going to go all in on growing this business and like really uh, creating some more formality around this service? Yeah, sure. So in the very beginning, I definitely was juggling school stuff. So throughout college and grad school, you know, just having a skill or an ability that people know of. So they ask for you, you know, to help them basically to win scholarship money to get into school. But at that time I was finishing up well, my undergrad degree and then my master's degrees, which I did in New York. So I was doing that. And then I started working full time in a think tank. It's, I'm laughing because I was working in a sexual and reproductive health think tank. Okay. But I think it was like oil and water. And like, you know, you like it in theory, but then the day to day, you're just like, oh, Lord, this is not for you. So it was a combination of things towards the end. And I think basically just being honest with myself that that was not the best use of my talents. And you know when you're not putting your talents to the best use, as well as a lot of other personal demands that came. And so it sort of was like a perfect storm, people would say, of, are you going to stay or are you going to really like take a full bet on yourself? And so that really was my time to be like, all right, I'm going to go in and I'm going to do this thing that I'm really good at and it makes me happy and it helps other people to achieve things. Yeah. And I think I know there's always like testing trial and error. Like there's a lot of like uh, decisions that come through making that commitment and then where you were to where you are today. Right. Um, when you first started your, or I guess it went, you went full time into mm-hmm. growing this idea of a business. What was your service back then? And yeah, just what was your service back then? How did you position yourself back then? Kind of like, what were you selling? Sure. Back then, I'm not sure I had any positioning. It was like, do you want some help with your writing or editing? I will help you. You know, I can do that. But sort of maybe just more along the lines of if you need really, like if you need something edited, I can help you. Or if you want to get into school, I can help you like prepare an application that will help you to get into school. But it definitely was general. And because I had just started, sort of anybody who came along who had anything even vaguely related to what I was doing was like, sure, you could be my client. I will make a contract and we will get the work done. So it sort of was basically like just taking whatever came, but definitely mainly people who were writing essays and personal statements. Okay. So you were generating cash flow, selling your services back then? So in the very beginning, most of my time was spent crying in the morning when I woke up for those first three months. It was like, what did you do? Oh, we're keeping it all the way real today. <laughs> I was to not know she was about to say that, but oh. like this is the real stuff though. No, really. I'm, I'm not even trying to be amusing or anything. Really, I did. For like the first three months, I'd open my eyes. I'd look at the ceiling. I'd cry and say, why did you do that? You know, who do you think you are stepping out to, you know, corporate America? So for that first year, my definitely like my income wasn't where I needed it to be. For the first two years, it was kind of like a rice and lentils kind of diet. You know, my mom won't let me starve, but I have my own, you know, needs. And I kind of really wanted to, to take care of myself in that way. So in those first two years, it's like you just knew that something was wrong. Um, And so I got, I think that was my first major investment in a business code, sort of like at the two-year mark. And my first skill set was really like sales training. Then I went through a repositioning of what I was offering. And then I entered services at sales specifically because I knew I had to stop selling to everybody and their mother, just because every group was so different. At first, I thought that it was pretty similar because, you know, an essay is an essay. A personal statement is a personal statement. 
but there there are huge differences between someone who's trying to get into residency and someone who wants to get into college and somebody who wants to pursue an MBA in terms of the business end of it, like finding them, marketing to them, selling to them. So an example of that would be for people who are going to college, you normally have to sell to mommy, daddy, and the child. And sometimes it's like you talk to the child and you have family meeting with mommy, daddy, and the child. And it's, it's a lot, right? So I knew I had to kind of hone in on something. And so I got into services that sell. And that experience wasn't too shabby. So I decided I would go into to leverage. You know, Jerisha wasn't too bad and the program wasn't too bad. So I was like, I think I'll make the higher investment in leverage. So I love the fact that you were starting off on the track. You noticed at, you know, about two years in of morning crying sessions and like not seeing the results you wanted that you started to seek external counsel, like hiring coaches. What made like kind of, you know, you had worked with two coaches before enrolling in services that sell, Mm -hmm. like where was your business at right before you enrolled? And like, what was the real decision maker for you to realize like, okay, I need, I need to work on like, just like what, what made you buy services that sell at the time that you did, even though you had already worked with previous coaches? Because other people would mention the need to focus or to niche, or there's a particular business coach, I've mentioned your name to him, who I love him. And he would say things like, oh, you know, you need to niche sort of thing. But you had a process, I believe, and I'm very drawn to processes where it was like, pick the person, pick the process, pick the, you know, you can say this better than I can. Sorry. It's the heat. You're, you're good. Um, <laughs> Follow it. That's all yeah. that matters. Right. So she has a process. And so I was definitely drawn to the fact that I need a framework. So it's like, I will do things I can implement. Sometimes I'm slow to implement, but I can follow instructions, you know, maybe because I went to like a Catholic high school, but I'm very good at just following what people tell me to do. So I was looking for that template of, well, how do you niche? How do you, how do you sell to your niche? How do you survive? And I think I was also drawn to the fact that it was about high ticket sales, which I've actually come to believe is, is it really high ticket or is it just what can make you live and not suffer? You know. So yeah. I also was at the point where I knew that this was like, you can't do business and be struggling because then you can't really serve people. So I knew that I had to combine the niche with charging appropriately for the value that I was providing so that I could also survive and not be on my laptop at 11.59 every night, you know? So I love how you said that because like, is it even high ticket or is it just enough that you need to survive? And it's so funny mm-hmm. how what's high ticket to one person might be low ticket to somebody else. Absolutely. Or what's, you know, it's also relative, but when I know there was like a lot of resistance or friction, you knew that you needed to narrow in, but like mm-hmm. maybe like walk us through the actual process over that six to nine month time frame of actually dialing your dialing in your service. Mm-hmm. And like kind of what 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 was the resistance that came up? Like you knew that you wanted to do this. That's why you enrolled in the program, but mm-hmm. actually doing what you knew that you wanted to do like walk us through like some of the friction that you experienced and like why there was resistance at first of narrowing in and niching down yeah i mean for full disclosure the resistance is still there right the only difference is that i'm just doing it um and i think I'm the, glad clear... that you like, the resistance is still there but i'm doing it i'm just doing it right and i mean i think the obvious reason is you don't want to start right you don't want to have a pretend business so it's like if somebody is like can you wrap my lollipop sure i could do that here's a contract so i think that's the resistance the fact that you have the skill set like i mean if somebody brings me a research paper to edit i have a background in 
scientific research. Of course I can edit a paper, you know what I mean? So that's the main resistance, just getting jobs that you can do, but you realize that it's not a sustainable business model to take a job that's one, two, three, four, five, and all five of those jobs are different, right? So basically what I did was just to follow what the program said to do. And I'm still doing that for leverage, but it's not like it's some resistance that I worked through and I'm on the higher level now. Yeah, like somebody reached out to me on LinkedIn like two days ago, a recruiter. I'm actually going to have a conversation with them. You know, like I doubt I'll say yes, but I'm just going to like have a conversation with them. So those sorts of things, like to decide what's opportunity versus what is distraction. Uh, I love that. And I think um, it's funny because I know I teach this, but it's something I still even personally struggle with too, of like Mm -hmm. knowing when it's time to refine and when it's time to speak more specifically. But has there been any like, I know that, you know, you said you followed the process and you have been doing, I think, a great job of just carving out a lane in your industry for you. Mm -hmm. But like, what are some of the positive benefits that you've noticed within your business, within your personal life? from being able to start to like more narrow in and get more specific on the promise that you deliver and who you solve that problem for? Yeah, first of all, it's definitely quality. I think the minute I started spending more time with IMGs or international medical graduates, I realized just how much service I was not providing that they needed. So let's say, for instance, they needed support for 12 months of the year and I would give it to them for six and then for the other six be off trying to like hustle something someplace else when it's like really this customer has not been fully served, which means that the quality of your work for them could be higher. And I'm all about quality. So, you know, that was very important to me. And then I think personally, you know, being able to send out the same contract with a change name to everyone is very different from writing 10 different contracts in one week. So you definitely get to take back a lot of your time. And For me, it's important to spend a lot of time with the people who are close to me, especially my mom. I have said that to you, Jerisha, for different reasons. And so it's like you notice when like the laptop is between you and that person who you want to be spending time with. And so that just became something that wasn't viable for me anymore. So I've been able to take back some of my time in that respect and to be more efficient. And as I said, it's still a work in progress, but that would be it. Yeah. And I think um, I'm just glad that you spoke to that because I think sometimes we know what we need to do where we know what our business needs for it to not just survive, but to thrive and for us to have a quality of life that we desired when we first started the business in the first place. But sometimes like doing the implementation of that can be uncomfortable. And I love Mm -hmm. the fact that you said, I'm still, I'm not on the higher end of it. Like I'm still struggling with that, but I'm, I'm choosing Mm -hmm. to continue to do it. But as you, I mean, you, you know, you went through services that sell, you've been doing a great job with like raising your rates and serving your clients at a higher capacity. I know in your bio, you mentioned that you've helped over 400 college and graduate applicants apply, um, you know, securing more than $6 million in scholarships for them, like, which is just mm-hmm. her results uh, speak for themselves, y'all. Okay. Hashtag receipts. But when did you know, cause I know this past year you've been really focusing on leveraging your business model and taking mm-hmm. your business beyond one-on-one services. Like what was the kind of what was going on in your business where you decided or realized that, okay, this business model serving one-on-one got me here, but it's time for me to look at how my business model needs to shift. Like how yeah. did you go through making that decision and kind of what signs did you notice that helped you realize that it was time to make a shift or to pivot? Okay, sure. So for the medical people, I got something called a ganglion cyst on my hand, um, which is sort of like when you type a lot 
you actually develop a cyst. So I believe that your body speaks to you. So I had that. I had some lower back pain. So it started like, all right, you're spending too much time around this laptop. So that was one of the things. And I think for me, primarily too, it always just goes back to quality, like the the quality work that you can do. So one of the things I learned from Jerisha is that there's a difference between teaching and consulting and consulting and coaching. So it's like I very soon realized that I'm repeating myself all the time. Like when I'm talking to different clients, I'm like, I'm teaching each person this one-on-one, but really what I need to be doing is like consulting with them on their own profile in terms of what's the best strategy that they can use and then coaching them in terms of their documents. And so I didn't have the words for it, but I just knew that if I'm repeating something over and over, there has to be a way to tell this thing to a group of people at one time. And then just realizing that the larger impact that I want to have isn't going to be possible through one-on-one because there are really only so many people who you can get to one-on-one versus if you can teach the same content to you know, like a larger group of people and maybe some people that will be enough for them and they can use that or other people will still want one-on-one support. So to be clear, my current model is more of a hybrid mm-hmm. where there's like a group teaching thing going on, but there's still one-on-one support because people need that one-on-one feedback when it comes to their application. So they still get that. But yeah, just realizing that my impact would be limited and the number of people who had help can be limited. So I'm still finessing or fine-tuning the model, but it's definitely not one-on-one only. And then, of course, I'm going to find ways to just see how I can further leverage the one-on-one, which might mean, you know, more of me sort of thing. And that comes with all these other roadblocks of just, you know, finding people who you believe will love your clients the way that you do and pour into it the way that you do. So it's a work in progress. Are you ready to have a service that sells? Are you eager to know what to say in your marketing so that prospects actually get how you can help them? Are you committed to doing what's required to take your coaching business to the next level this year? If so, you're going to love today's sponsor, my premium program, Services That Sell. Listen, running your own business comes with a lot of challenges. Converting clients does not need to be one of them. Creating content using live video will guarantee that you stand out from your competition And packaging a high-ticket signature service ensures that you attract those high-end clients. You know, the ones who are ready to invest and eager to do the work. I created a masterclass training sharing the proven framework that hundreds of coaches and consultants have used to grow an audience of qualified leads rather than a list of lurkers. Visit jerishahawk.com backslash raise your rates to register for my next training on how to enroll high-ticket clients. Consistently learn the proven strategy in this simple process I teach inside of my premium program, Services That Sell. And let me tell you, it really does work. Visit jerishahawk.com backslash raise your rates today. Yeah. And like, what was the, like, why did you choose to go from one-on-one to like high ticket group versus like creating a DIY course or... Um, growing an agency. Like I think as we, you know, I, I always say one-on-one, I think is a really great place to start to like build a solid foundation for mm-hmm. your revenue, like prove that the promise that you deliver can actually be done. But what were some of like the thought processes behind deciding this business model specifically at this time frame versus, you know, building an agency, which I think is kind of, you see kind of happen often in yeah. your line of work um, or just building a DIY course. Yeah. So DIY, I feel is just, 
like I've been writing professionally for I don't know like 20 years actually yeah this year will probably be like 20 years exactly so what I think is good writing is probably not what a lot of people think is good writing and I'm sure there are people who are worse than me so when it comes to like DIY for you know putting yourself together to compete for something that is really high stakes I don't even know what that is. Like, I wouldn't do it, right? So I prepare myself the way I do. But whenever I've applied to something very important and I've won different scholarships, I've never done that alone. Like, I'd have a team of like six people, seven people. Like, it gets serious, right? Because it's like, it's money or it's admission. So we go win. So you have to get a team. So I just, I don't even know. I mean, I have a workbook and some people do use it, but other people might help them. So basically, that, sorry, that's a long way of saying I do not believe in the power of DIY for what I do because of what the selection rate is for IMGs. It's like, um, you can call it 50%. It's really more like 59. But if you really want to be excellent, you need to have feedback and not just feedback, but like rigorous feedback. And not just rigorous feedback, but multiple rounds of rigorous feedback from somebody who knows what the hell they're saying. So that wouldn't have been an option. And I think for an agency, probably a mix of my control issues and me knowing that you have to kind of mature as a CEO, I think, to do that and find people who would give the same quality of work. So it just, it hasn't been attractive to me because I'm not yet at that place where I know anybody who I would trust them so much to do that. I think that's the honest answer for that. So maybe in the future, but I think I'd rather have some quality control right now instead of making it like a full out agency. Yeah, I love I just love asking that question, because I think as you grow, I mean, those are decisions that you have to make as a CEO, like what Mm -hmm. business model is going to be the primary focus of the vehicle that will take us to the next level. And Mm -hmm. uh, I know that's always can be a tough decision. And that's part of the reason why, like my business model is the same or similar is mm-hmm. you know, people we're trying to get people big results that mm-hmm. um, have amazing opportunity to like really change their lives. And there's a, an environment and an ecosystem that I think works really well to help produce those results for your clients. So yeah, um, absolutely. Just glad that you shared that. But I know you had mentioned earlier about like, there's a difference between making money and managing money. Right. And over the past two years that I've seen your business grow, it has been amazing just to watch your growth and to see the number of clients you've been able to serve and just how that's just been consistently on an exponential incline. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I wanted you to dive into that topic of there's a difference between making money and actually managing money. And like, what have been some of those, like, you know, you know, as I think every time you get to a new level, it's like, there's new lessons you have to like learn and navigate through, but what have been some of those unique challenges or opportunities for you during this season? Now that you know how to make money versus transitioning into like managing it, growing it, leveraging it. Yeah. So actually I think I'd say the first thing is sort of striking a balance, which has to deal with, you know, the business model that you choose in terms of once you realize that you can make money, I think there's also how do you make that money? Like, do you make that money by being awake at 3 a.m. every day? I had to make that decision that I'm not interested in that. Like, I also don't want to balloon so quickly that I am not yet the CEO who's ready to handle that. So it's like the thing is growing faster than you have grown. So then people start getting mediocre results. I wasn't really interested in that either. So that sort of weighs into the money management thing because it's like, I want the upward trend in terms of the growth, but I'm not necessarily fixated on the dollar amount itself. It's more like the experience of getting into a certain range. 
as opposed to I'm going to obsessively chase this money and like lose my hair while I'm doing it, you know? So there was that. And then I think in the early stages, you know, you're, when you read different articles, you think that every dollar you make, you have to put back. Then you realize that that's not sustainable. And so I actually discovered Profit First before I got into services itself. But you know that you helped me to figure out um, exactly what it meant, like how to actually decode it um, and really kind of fine tune how I was managing things with that. And so actually having a system for managing, like let's say $100 comes into your hand, like a $100 bill, $100. What happens if you put that $100 back into your business? You know, like how do you eat? How do you pay taxes? Which became like a big thing early on. How do you pray somebody who helps you to make some graphics, you know, to put on Facebook or something? So it's definitely a whole other skill set that you have to learn pretty early to not go under. Yeah. And I think uh, I'm glad that you mentioned that because like making money and then like, how do you actually want to be making the money? Um, Mm -hmm. We just did an episode with Kashira and you guys said something so just similar in that, like, you know, Mm. you have a desire for the business to keep growing and for the revenue to keep increasing and for the impact on clients to also continue to grow. But there, it seems like the focus on stability has shifted from Mm -hmm. how do I make more money and like being so fixated on every dollar or like, even I know you mentioned earlier in this conversation of, you know, sometimes the resistance of niching down is like, you have the capability to do a service, but it doesn't necessarily always make sense to say yes to the money to, to complete it but more so focusing on like how it feels like what the day-to-day looks like of how you're choosing to grow your business. And oh yeah, I don't know. I think that's like a huge part of leverage is like, not just, I mean, yes, leveraging the business to get your time back, but it's more so so you have the freedom to like leverage your lifestyle. I remember there's a story I've never forgotten. When I first thought of going into entrepreneurship, I spoke with a lady and she told me that she knew something was wrong with her business when her child came in the room and she was like, shoo, 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 shooing her child. <laughs> and so she said, you know, somehow in my mind, I just knew that I shouldn't be shooing my baby. So yeah, you know that you don't want to be shooing your baby or shooing your relatives or shooing your friends off the phone, you know, who've been there for you. So Things like that. I don't have a baby, but you know, it would be a moment like that where you're just like, mm, this ain't right. You know? Right. <laughs> like, why do you keep coming here trying to talk to me? And it's like, can you get off no, your no, laptop? No, no. Right. We're not allowed to talk anymore. Like, I don't understand. Right, right, right. I what, you know, I think because I, I just I don't know, I just really admire the growth that you've been I've been able to witness in in you over the past few years. But like, is there like, what is the lesson that this season of your business, of your life is teaching you right now? Hmm. You know, I think we always talk about like, what's the advice you would give your younger self? But like, I'm really curious to know, like, what's the lesson like that you're currently trying to learn or like yeah. that this season is is trying to teach you? Yeah, I mean, I think, and this is not to throw words on anyone, and people say this sometimes, but really, like, entrepreneurship isn't about pretty pictures on Instagram. Like, it's it's no joke, right? So it's like, are you committed to it, basically? So it's like, you have to recommit to doing this, I think, every day, you know, and maybe even take, like, a deeper dive commitment every couple of months, which is, I've been kind of hiding out Jerisha and Leverage a little bit because I've been doing that. Just kind of looking within and being like, remind yourself, why are you doing this? Why is this important? Why is this more meaningful to you than trying to climb the corporate ladder? Why is it worth 
sorting through the day-to-day problems in the operations or the day-to-day challenges that might arise in terms of family and relationships, the more that you grow as an individual and as a business. So I'd say it's definitely a season of learning what commitment really means, you know, which is planting your feet when the difficulties come and not giving up. Yeah. It's just like, I can relate to that a thousand percent. I was literally Mm -hmm. having a conversation with my fiance two nights ago and he was like, you know, why are we doing this? And I'm like, bruh, I was literally journaling, asking Mm -hmm. myself that question last night. Like, why are we really here? And I, I love, I think that advice or that lesson that this season of life is teaching you is so relevant because it can get times in business where it just gets like hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you might be making money, but it's like serving the clients, new challenges come like juggling, you know, the, the person that you're becoming and mm-hmm. how that impacts your personal relationships at different seasons. Yeah. Like it just gets tough. And it's just like, why it are you doing this? Yeah. And I think especially the latter, like that, I'll definitely say nobody, there are coaches now who I see talking about that, but I don't think people explain that enough. Like you will have to become a different person. It's like, if you are a high performing elite athlete, you are not the same person who you were the first day you went out to audition for the event, you know? So it does change who you are. I don't think it changes your values, but I think it tests your values. I think it gives you some new values and some, you know, new skills. Like my ability now to say no is, it's crazy, right? Like I think I had it before, but now I know like lots of nice ways to say it. I don't hesitate to say it. I just, you know, I feel like I make decisions like a man. And by the way, I've had to, I've had to learn that by the way, like my new thing is that I'm learning about masculine and feminine energy and that when I'm running this business, I'm definitely in my masculine, you know? But then you have to prepare for how do you manage that personality that you develop, you know, like you don't bring him home. (laughs) (laughs) I think I need to learn that one myself. Oh, okay. It's it's TJ. Yeah. Will he thank me? Yeah, you're right. Like, I don't, I know, like, I think it's interesting that you say that because I think that's that's something that nobody really talks about or it's not talked about really mainstream. It might happen in like secret corners of, you know, on the internet, but this whole idea of masculine and feminine energy and like that neither one is a good or bad thing. We all have both, but I mean, I guess as you're on this journey now of like learning about that more, how are you noticing that just even understanding that like, you know, maybe you can give give the listeners in case this is completely new to anybody else, like an idea of what those two different energies are and how Mm -hmm. you're kind of utilizing them in your business versus your personal life or just like how they kind of ebb and flow. Yeah, sure. So from what I'm learning, guys, I'm a complete newbie. I can recommend some experts if people (laughs) want to dive into this. But that masculine energy is more about doing, creating, giving, providing. And feminine energy is more about receiving and setting the spiritual tone, let's say, for instance, of a relationship. So like when I'm in my business, I'm doing, I'm not very, I think I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm kind and I'm respectful. But, you know, it's like when Beyonce said in that documentary, she's not going to write any new notes until she, yeah, I am like that. It's like the worst thing you can do to me is for me to give you feedback on something and then you send it back to me with the same issue, right? So I'm very much in that practical, is it done or is it not done energy and doing and creating energy when I'm operating the business and not making emotional decisions. It's just like, let's add the numbers. Let's see what they say. 
if this isn't work or if this is going to bring the business down, we don't do it anymore, right? And so then now in my feminine energy, it's like, all right, well, you have to go home and, you know, try and be more on the receiving end. Like someone says something and you can just listen to them and not start giving your 500 solutions as you would, you know, as if this is like somebody bringing you a business problem, right? Like they really just need you to be present and to be in your feminine or to tell them how you feel and not what you think. So again, feminine energy being more of like your feeling energy primarily. So more so like how does something feel emotionally rather than it being in your head? This is what I think about this and it doesn't make any sense. Or I am the leader, right? Just learning that in terms of if you have a personal relationship like that, it's a really bad idea to, you know, to try to make sure that there are two leaders because really there can only be one you know, pilot, you can be a co-pilot, but everybody can't lead. And so learning that your house is not your business, you know, so Mm. lots of lessons, lots of lessons, which I think, yeah, but I think actually, I've been thinking about this a lot because I do think as more people run internet businesses, especially women, and we're good at it, that it's going to be more of a challenge because it's just a different playground all together. And so if you do well, you know, as you know, you will do very well. If you do well, if you do figure it out, or you can do very well. And so there are lots of different dynamics that then pop up, I think, that kind of come out of that, that you have to learn how to handle. Yes. I feel like we're going to need to have somebody come on that podcast episode and like dive (laughs) deeper into that. But I'm so glad that you introduced that as a point of discussion and like, just something for, if you're listening to this right now and you've maybe been experiencing this, now you actually have language around maybe what is going on mm-hmm. um, and something to look into further because this is part of business that like you can't avoid. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, it's not necessarily the strategy or the tactic on like how to make money, but I love how you said the other aspect of managing it, not just managing it from like a dollar to dollar aspect, but like managing your energy around how you're leading in your business, how you're generating cash flow, how you're serving clients, how you're coming home or just leaving the living room. Like you might be at home, but when you close a laptop, like how do you shift these energies so you can really still show up and experience life the way that you want? So if there's any IMGs who are listening to this right now or somebody who is looking to get into a medical residency program here in the United States, where can people find you? Or people just want to keep watching your journey because I think you're mm-hmm. just, you're at a really unique spot right now in your business. And I think it's just, I love watching the process. Um, Thank you. And enjoying it. So where can people find you online? Where can they learn more about you? Sure. So the website is www.memorableessay.com. I'm on Instagram also as Memorable Essay. And for any IMGs, they can message me at Shauna. So that's S-H-A-W-N-A at MemorableEssay.com. All those links will be in the show notes too. Um, but just thank you so much for coming on. I feel like this was a very enriching conversation. Mm-hmm. And I just appreciate your transparency as always. <laughs> you are welcome. Thank you so much, Jerisha. And thanks for all the progress you've enabled. Thank you. Hey there, Hawk Hustler. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening today. If you are ready to turn your side hustle selling services into a profitable online coaching or consulting business, visit jerishahawk.com backslash workshop. 
Within just one hour of this free masterclass, yes, free 99, you will have a proven framework to convert not just better clients, but more clients who are willing to pay top dollar consistently. Visit dreeshahawk.com backslash workshop and I will see you there.